uh, with, with KD's health. Like, wouldn't it be nice for KD to play a full season and stay healthy as he is trying to climb the all-time scoring leader ladder as he is, you know, looking like he wants to be here, right? He, he speaks a lot about the product that they're putting out there, getting the fans behind the team. That's what it's all about. That's why we watch. That's why we're fans. That's why we do the podcast. That's why we go to the games. That's why you bring your son to the game. That's why we show up to practice in the park, all of that. We want to be behind a good team, a good product, and the Nets are starting to turn into one, even with Utah being out, with Ben being out, guys like Edmund Sumner stepping up. I am at a point now with the Nets where, like, I was considering going to this game tonight, but it's not it's not going to time up for me. But I've been staying away, honestly. It was toxic with the Kyrie stuff. It was toxic with some of the losses. But now they're rounding into form, and it can't be said enough the difference that Jacques Vaughn makes. In the beginning of the year, Steve Nash should have been fired after the Nets were swept by the Celtics. But in the beginning of the year, you could just tell something was up. And what was up was they didn't have a coach, man. And what was up was that they needed somebody that actually knew what he was doing and could look at the game and film and come up with strategy and plays. And there was a video that went uh, pretty crazy on NBA Twitter of, I think Kyrie had the ball. Ben Simmons was coming to set a screen. I think Kyrie might have waved off Jacques Vaughn or the play he wanted, and Jacques Vaughn deaded it. He called a timeout. And I remember talking about Steve Nash saying, you are the head coach. You can affect the game like that. If you're seeing something you don't like, call a timeout and talk about it. If you're seeing a a team go on a 10-0 run, don't let it go to 12. Call a timeout. Jacques Vaughn is energetic. He calls timeouts because he obviously knows he's a former player. He's got experience. I think that they are in a much better place with Jacques Vaughn as a head coach. I think all the guys are buying in. If you listen closely to the games, you hear the communication. And uh, I don't know. I think they I think they are a playoff team this year. There was a point earlier in the season where I'm like, I don't know if they make the playoffs. So, you know, speaking of playoffs, when you watch the last game, and this is the only game I can really speak on, and, uh, you know, for podcast purposes, there's no reason to go back to, uh, like, the Pacers loss or the, or the Sixers loss. Uh, I think Kyrie played well in the Trailblazers game, and then KD in the last three games is averaging like 40. But the biggest thing, because I I actually was on air uh, Wednesday night after the Wizards game, the biggest thing from the Wizards game for me is that I think it's obvious, I think it's glaring, and I think it would be negligent for them to not go get a rebounding big. So total rebounds, the Wizards had 51, the Nets had 35, and then points in the paint, the Wizards had 58. The Nets had 32. Yes, Ben Simmons is out. Um, But that brings me to the next topic of conversation because I see people already in the chat on it. John Collins. So word was sent out that the Nets have reached out to the Hawks. They have been in conversation about potentially trading for John Collins. I don't know exactly what it's going to take, but I would certainly take him. But for some reason, I feel like he's not the answer. What do you guys think about John Collins, uh, who we could potentially trade for him? or anyone else out there that can just come in and actually be the starting center for the Nets and help them rebound. Like, that same night, I was watching the Knicks. Mitchell Robinson had 20 rebounds. He had 10 rebounds in the first half, 11 offensive rebounds. And I'm like, if that guy is on the Nets, the Nets look different. Yeah, you know, see, I kind of disagree a little bit. Uh, I know they haven't had a a traditional kind of big, and and maybe that would help. John Collins is is a good player. He's had a down season. He hasn't shot the ball very well. I would expect him to shoot the ball better in a, in a different situation. Maybe he realizes 
he's at the end with the Hawks. He's not really a center either. I think he's only six nine. He's he's actually typically a, a power forward. He could play stretch five. But the Nets are constructed as a team that spreads you out. That's that's the way they're designed. That's the way they're going to be optimized. As a team that spreads you out, whether it's it's Ben Simmons playing center, Kevin Durant, they've been really positive with Kevin Durant playing center as of late, and they want to create as much space as possible for the likes of KD and for the likes of Kyrie. What that's going to take is gang rebounding. And I, and I think more so than them not having a traditional big, because remember, they had Andre Drummond, who by the numbers is one of the greatest rebounders in history, and he still didn't rebound in that Celtic series and really wasn't playable in that Celtic series. Because when you put a prototypical big in there, they can't really defend the way the Nets want to defend if they're going to play offense the way that they want to play offense. I think their biggest problem is that they have all these small guard lineups together because they have Kyrie, they have uh, Seth Curry, they have Patty Mills, who you haven't seen play as much. They got Cam Thomas, you know, um, who I I just haven't seen enough to to keep getting burned. I'd like to see Sumner get those minutes. Cam is going to get traded if you ask me, but go ahead. Yeah, but so to me, that's that's what it's going to take is maybe get a little bit bigger in the backcourt so that you can guard a little bit better and and gang rebound a little bit better. But I I don't want them to sacrifice – what their identity is supposed to be, which is is spreading the floor and, and, and shooting the three ball uh, around their stars. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think I'll put it this way. I don't think that he is necessarily the answer, but I also don't think he's not not the answer. Um, I think he's someone who is, and, and there's a reason he's been associated with the Nets for what seems like every trade deadline since this new era, is because he theoretically would fill a nice niche in the nets because if if we are that team that's built to spread it out and is built to shoot right then you know nick claxton doesn't fit that mm-hmm. john collins would fit it more than nick claxton i love claxton that's not a, a, a any type of an argument against him but if Cla- if john collins were to get his shooting stroke back a little bit more than we've seen and clearly there's been something going on i feel like that the amount of time he's going to be out with that ankle injury feels maybe a little inflated it feels like there's some movement going on there i've been seeing his name pop up a lot more with like nba sources that i trust i i think he he's not going to come into the nets and make them you know the bucks from two years ago he's not going to make them instantly the best team in the nba but he he makes them better and if you can, and I see people floating, like, you know, you trade Cam and and Seth and, and these role players. If you can package role players who are not necessarily providing the most upside, Cam Thomas would be the number one person on my list of, of those players. Then I don't see any, any issue with it. I don't think it develops any problems so long as he regresses back to what his mean has been, which has been a better player and a better shooter than, than, than is in the past. You want him to kind of be what Jeff Green was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, maybe just a, a, a more a more you know energetic Jeff Green. Not that Jeff Green wasn't energetic, but you can't rely on Jeff Green a, a whole season to be Uncle Jeff. You know, with him being thirty four and all that. Uncle Jeff still doing it. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen him in Denver, but I know he's over there. Okay, so the story around the Nets: KD's been going off, scoring forty a night, efficient, but he's leading the league in minutes. That's uh, not great for Slim because. There's a point in time where, you know, he's going to get run down and you need this guy to lead the team through April, May. Uh, You guys were speaking about Kawhi Leonard earlier. I just don't think Kawhi Leonard really wants to play. I think KD wants to play every day. KD is the one who famously said, let me die out there. And like, no joke, they kind of have to. Um, 
What other stories around the Nets? Joe Harris. TJ Warren. That would be, I mean, to your point, Keith, sorry to cut you off, but uh, no, TJ Warren. TJ Warren could, um, it, it's tough because you don't want to rely on a guy who hasn't played basketball since the bubble, essentially. And, and, and whatever his injury days, was. 700 days, they said for TJ Warren. That's longer than Ben Simmons. No, uh, I'm, I think I'm confusing. <laughs> I think I'm confusing something I read. I think Deshaun Watson. Deshaun is Watson is definitely 700 days. <laughs> between starts. I did a video on that earlier this week, so I know that's a fact. Well, but TJ been a lo- Warren has been out for a long time. <laughs> it has been a long time. Um, so I don't want to therefore count any chickens in a sense and say this guy's going to come back and solve issues. But there is a possibility if he can get back to form. Because remember, the, the bubble wasn't actually a mirage. TJ Warren averaged like 18 to 20 points a game for three consecutive seasons. If he can come back, he provides extra size in that backcourt and on the wing a little bit, rather than it just being Patty, Seth, and, and Kyrie like I was talking about. And he's another scorer that could help spell KD. So I think he could actually solve a couple of problems, making the team a little bit bigger uh, without sacrificing the offense and also um, you know, being an option to, to get some buckets while KD gets a rest. I think we might just need to be patient on that. I see a lot of Nets fans assuming that, I mean, he plays tonight or you know, plays. I'm, I, I don't know what his minutes are going to be. My guess is small. Uh, I think we might have to give him a little bit of the early season Ben Simmons treatment of you know, letting him see what he can do and maybe he throws out a few stinkers. Maybe he doesn't. But he, to me, he's a, he's a slot machine type player. If he hits and if he hits the way that he has in the past, we don't even need bubble TJ Warren, 50-piece TJ Warren. Like you said, Robin, 18 to 20 points coming into a Nets team, if he can revert back to that form, I mean, that's, like you said, it, it spells KD. And then it opens up a whole world of possibilities. It's not like adding James Harden, but it's, it's, it's certainly something. And we do have the benefit of being able to work with that and have a head coach who seems to be willing to experiment to work, to try and figure out a system that, that will work with him within his limitations, within his capabilities before we end up getting around to the playoffs when having that tertiary score, that person who can spell Kevin Durant becomes much more important. 